Okay. <laughs> so Benita, who I've known for, I think, six years? Is that right? Probably about right, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, Benita and I used to have offices next door to each other. And I tell you, I love Benita well before that. But when we were beside each other for, I think, three years or some length of time, too, People come out of our office like, oh, Benita, you've changed my life. I don't know what I'd do without you. It's like, and then people would show up when you weren't there. And I was trying to, hey, where's Benita? It's like storming down the doors and stuff. You're so powerful and you make such a difference in the community and, and an inspiration for me and others and how you do your business and in such a heart-centered way and still very successful. And you're, thank you for all that you, you share. So... But on, on, to your, on to your intro. So you're going to be talking with moving with chaos, how to flow with changing events in your life and your world. Fear can dominate our lives, causing us to recoil and contract against the flow of events. When we feel out of control, we may try to manipulate reality in order to get relief from fear. When we learn to work with fear internally, we allow change to take us somewhere new arriving at a place in our growth, our work, our relationships that we could not have perceived from our current situation. <clears throat> in this workshop, we will apply techniques to connect with our core patterns that generate fear and welcome and support our internal processes with curiosity and compassion for the parts of our psyche locked in struggle, freeing up the energy to embrace change and move forward with confidence and clarity. So for more than 40 years, that's 40 years, wow. As a, you don't even look 40. As a second life and business coach with an international clientele, Benita K. Summers has offered in-depth psychic counseling and coaching for personal growth and professional development, guiding clients of all ages and occupations to reach their full potential and discover how to free themselves from fears and limiting beliefs. Benita continues to develop new techniques to benefit others and guide them on their spiritual journey and into greater happiness and satisfaction at home and in their careers. Wow. Yay. That's <laughs> you. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to turn it over to you and I will pop back on at quarter after three to, to wrap this, uh, this day up. After four, right? You got till four. Uh, yeah. You done it for. <laughs> okay. I'll come back at four. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be back at four. Okay, thank you. <laughs> and thank you for that lovely introduction, Shauna. Uh, any success that I have is really due to all the people who have supported me ever since I came to this community a decade ago. And for those of you who are trying to do the math, I am 57. So <laughs> I was saying I'm 57 going on 30. And I think one of the things that helps us to age less is learning to work through our fears. So um, I am going to be keeping an eye. I've got the Facebook feed open next to me. I do want this to be as interactive as we can make it. So absolutely feel free to jump in with questions. So the background behind me, it's the universe. And the reason I have that behind me, not just because it's real pretty, but because it's really about the realization that we come into the world already hooked up to the universe already connected to all the answers we will ever need to walk our path. But it's fear that causes us to disconnect, that causes us to 
lose that ability to recognize the signals that are coming to guide us on that journey. And I think that this year, we should all pat ourselves on the back for having souls that have the courage and capacity to choose this journey at this time. Think about it, the entire world is attending a world-class intensive on fear. Never before in human history has there been a time where everybody has been faced with the same threat and been in global communication with each other, where we can all say, yes, I'm on this journey with you, you're on this journey with me. There's none of us that can say, oh, I'm unaffected. So I see fear as the vehicle that points out where we're attached and where we have vestiges of material we still need to work through. It's, it's funny, my mentor, who's been my mentor now for about 30 years, um, when I have been worried about things, sometimes he'll say to me, it's okay, Benita, eventually you're going to die. And you might think, well, how is that comforting? But what I've discovered with people that I've sat with, you know, who are, who are leaving this world, who are in hospice, is a lot of times what they regret most is all the fear that kept them from being alive. Because when we're fearing for our survival, we forget how to live. We forget to live. So that's something I really want to address today. You know, it's Mark Twain who said, there are many things in life that have terrified me, 99% of which never happened. So we have this amazing life. We have a universe that in benevolence is constantly giving us opportunities to grow, but our limited ego consciousness doesn't have the capacity to see the big picture. So uh, it sees chaos. And I don't believe there is chaos. If you look at anti-chaos theory, it's the idea that if you step back far enough from everything, there is a pattern and an order to the universe. Everything working in perfect order. Maybe not the way that our patterns would like, but everything is operating perfectly. So when we get thrown into what we perceive as chaos, we have fear. And fear causes that disconnect. It causes us to pull back, to recoil from what is happening in the world because we hang on so tightly to how we want to perceive ourselves, how we want to perceive our world. And when all the norms are taken away, we freak out. Our ego freaks out because our ego is based on its definition and understanding of what it thinks we and our world should be. So when that's removed, the ego feels like it's dying. So it's, it's saying, you know, how, how do I function in a reality that I can't relate to? So as soon as fear kicks in, we don't hear that still small voice within. We don't hear our guidance. And all of us are psychic, every one of us. We were born that way. We can't not be psychic. But our mind gets in the way of our feeling sense. And that is where our psychic ability lies, in how 
we feel. That being said, if fear is running the show, you're not going to get the underlying centered, connected feelings. You're not going to get the information that comes through because you've got so much static on the line. So what we want to do is look at what fear does and how we've come into this reality now to basically clean up those loose ends. I believe we are moving into a world of love, connection, compassion, community, and balanced well-being is a very good example of the potential of where we are all headed. People working together to be supportive and loving toward each other. No holds barred, nothing held back. Here we are for each other. That's the world we're creating. But to get to that world, we have to clean up what's going on internally. You know, I, I once wrote in a poem, um, I wanted to create world peace today, but I'm stopped by the war within me. If we want a peaceful world, we have to find the areas inside of us that are not peaceful and address them. What is our first reaction when we encounter something fearful externally in our world? How do I control this? We may try to manipulate things. And this is where we actually distort reality. I want a certain outcome. I'm attached to having that outcome. If I don't get that outcome, I'm going to be very upset. So I'm going to try to make something happen externally, whether or not it's actually on your path. How often in relationships are we saying to somebody, can you stop doing that thing because it really annoys me? Instead of saying, hmm, why am I annoyed? What's going on inside of me? What pattern is there that's probably been there way before I ever met this person? Been there since early childhood when most of our patterns are first created. What is coming up for me that I get to work on? We tend not to do that. We tend to instead try to get whatever the stimuli is externally to stop doing what it's doing. Good luck with that. Because if you block one kind of stimulus, the universe will present another. It's always trying to give you the opportunity to do the work your soul came here to do. <laughs> so when you push one thing away, it's just going to give you another. And if you've heard of the concept of a message, a warning, and an event, that's often how the universe works. So say, for example, you're rushing around, you're supposed to be sitting with something internally, and you stub your toe. And you're sitting there and it hurts, but damn it, you're going to get up and do that stuff you were going to do anyway. So you're rushing around, you're doing things, and you sprain your ankle. And if you're still not listening, maybe you break your leg. <laughs> Somehow the universe is going to get your attention. And the chaos around us tends to be a reflection of the internal chaos we're choosing not to work with. You know, there's an interesting movie that's available free this weekend um, called Milton's Secret. So have a look on my Facebook page. Uh, my Spirit Kelowna page has a link to it. You can watch it for free. And it's Eckhart Tolle's teachings all through a movie where people are dealing with fear and how the fear is taking them off center and creating problems for them in their lives and how when they center themselves, things start to change. So let's talk a little bit about how we're going to do that. 
the steps that we're going to take to center ourselves and to actually do the work the world has set us up to do right now. We are perfectly poised right now to do this work. It's why we're here. We are getting to be present for a massive shift in consciousness. And it's really unrealistic to think that that kind of shift is going to occur very smoothly, very sweetly. No, we're going to have pointed out to us the stuff we have not been dealing with. So we'll finally face it and work on it. You know, we look at what's going on with politics, with illness. It's pointing out any prejudices that we've had that we now need to face because they're being brought to the surface, any fears that we've had, any way that we have put ourselves in a bubble and said, I'm okay, I don't want to look at this. No, sorry, everything's been stripped away, all the pretense, so you will look at it. And I can honestly say I have never been busier and I'm applauding everybody who has come to me who has said, okay, I'm going to do this work now. It's being pointed out to me. I'm ready to tackle it. It is amazing and thrilling and such an honor for me to see how many people are now saying, all right, I'm on board. Let's do this work. I realize that's what this is all about. Let's do this. It is a massive undertaking. It is meant to happen now. And it's a huge shift that everybody's involved in. But what happens when you want to move toward the light? The universe is going to bring up for you anything that's not letting you get there. Anything that first has to be recognized, honored, supported to become conscious. So you notice I'm not using words like release. I don't believe in releasing fear. That part of you is simply an unconscious part of you that needs to be part of the journey, needs to be supported to come to consciousness. So if you don't support it to come to consciousness, it's kind of like pushing it under the rug. It's, it's just going to show up later. So you might as well work with it now. <laughs> when you are in fear, you're not present. Short of somebody holding a gun to your head, chances are most of the time what is happening in this moment isn't actually frightening. Usually if we're in fear, we are stuck in something in our past and it's often a distorted past say for example you go to a party you have a wonderful time you come home and then you think did i say the right thing did i do the right thing did i upset anybody and you create this whole drama inside your head that probably never happened um i was always that really over conscientious kid who worried like that and then i would create this whole drama in my head and i would call my friends up, i'm so sorry about yesterday and they're like what are you talking about most people are navel gazers. They're more worried about how they're presenting themselves than how other people are looking. So a lot of the drama is stuff we have created inside ourselves. Where does that drama come from? Our core patterns. The stuff we were taught from a very young age to believe that takes us away from our original self that actually knows who we are and loves who we are. So if we grew up with parents who had their own struggles, their own distortions, they tend to pass them on to us. We have a wonderful opportunity now to face those, work on them, love them, and bring them to consciousness. So I'm going to give you a couple of tools to get you started. So the first thing I want to do is give you the tree technique. Now, a lot of you who have been with me before um, know this technique, but I'm going to share it just in case we have anybody here who doesn't know it. 
So you're going to become a tree. So close your eyes, plant your feet, start to take some deep breaths. And as you exhale, let your shoulders relax. And imagine that you have roots growing out of the soles of your feet deep into the earth, all the way to the earth's core. And all the love and support of the universe, all that energy that supports every living thing on the planet is coming up through those roots into your feet, your legs, your torso, and into your heart. And you don't have to pull that energy up. You just, you're just receiving it. It's naturally there for you. And now imagine you have branches growing out of your shoulders and the top of your head, way up into the sky, way beyond Earth's atmosphere, out into the starry universe. And all that love and support is coming down, down through those branches, into your head and neck, shoulders, arms, and hands, and into your heart. So you're feeling supported from above and below with the energy meeting at the heart. Now you may notice that you feel more grounded, you feel more centered, and you have more energy because just like the gills on a fish bring oxygen from the water into the fish's body, your energy vortices are designed, or chakras as we know them, are designed to bring energy from the field around you into your body. And this is a very neat way of doing exactly that. So now that you're there, keep your eyes closed. Now that you're more centered, when fear comes up, ask your psyche for an image of yourself at the age the pattern started. And trust whatever you get. It might be a baby, it might be a toddler, it might be a teenager. And you might get different images at different times because there's different layers to these patterns. So whatever you see in your mind's eye, go to that little being or larger being and give them what they need. You might pick up an infant, put them on your shoulder, let them know I'm here for you. I'm your future self who's letting you know you've survived this, but I'm here to love you, to let you know you deserve every good thing in life and I will be here to support you. And you can have a conversation with that part. You can say, what are you seeing that I'm not? Um, what, do you, what do you need? And sometimes if it's a younger part, it might need something a child needs. It might need a teddy bear. That's okay. Externalizing something that makes that part feel seen and supported does wonders. And what you'll notice if you practice this with earnestness is you will feel that fear or that grief or that anger shift into a feeling of comfort. Because ultimately, these parts of us that got stuck in those patterns will look to our partners, our bosses, our kids, our friends for whatever they didn't get from our parents. And the fact is the only person who can give that part what it needs is you. Your parenting, your child parts. And those parts will become conscious. They may eventually become part of the adult. They may stay playful child parts of you. And that's okay. The thing is you will have more energy, more awareness and make better decisions because those parts will start to weigh in if you check in before you make a decision and feel is everybody within me all aspects in agreement with this decision if you check in you're going to get a lot more information than just letting your head decide what the situation is going to be and you will start to notice these changes and then if people in your life do give you affection and validation you'll actually be able to let it in because you'll know you deserve it 
And if they don't, you won't wear that, you won't take it personally, because you will no longer give the power for your self-esteem to them. So that's a way to deal with the fear that's anchored to the past. Now, what about the present? Okay. So when all this COVID stuff first happened and we were all sitting at home, I'm very fortunate that I work in the city, but I live in the country. So I was able to go for walks. And I remember one day I'm walking along and the sun is shining and the vineyards are starting to green up and I hear children playing in their yard. I hear somebody working in his garage, maybe finally getting to that woodworking project he hasn't been able to get to because he's been working so much. And I realized that I felt healthy and everything around me was beautiful. And I realized that in that moment, my life was perfect. I call this grabbing the golden moments. Most of us don't actually live our lives. Most of the time, we're thinking about the past or the future. You know, you get up in the morning, you're putting your jam on your toast, you're already out the door, you're already thinking about what you're going to do at work. You miss that moment. You miss that moment to be mindful. There's a hold the toast in your hand and feel how the steam from the toast puts a little bit of moisture on your hand and, and the crunchiness of it and the way the butter goes on and the jam and how the light coming from the window glints off the jam and that first bite. You miss that moment to be alive. And that is what life is, a series of moments in which we were actually present, strung together. So if you are fearful in the moment, I'm gonna suggest you close your eyes, let everything drop away that is an attachment to what you think is happening in that moment, because most of it is your inner drama. And when you open your eyes, I like to pretend I'm an alien that dropped into my body from outer space and has seen everything for the first time. Literally, look around you. Look, feel, see, hear what's happening in this moment. Maybe you've got a house plant nearby that you haven't really looked at and appreciated for the fact that it's a living thing in your home or a beautiful crystal or a photograph of a loved one. Really look, look with appreciation, not just appreciation for what you have in your environment, appreciation for you, that you created this reality because those parts of you living in fear, they haven't looked out of your eyes in many years and let them come up and look too. Let them see, oh, I'm in this strong adult body that has agency. I have choices I didn't have when I was younger. Look at this beautiful reality around me I've created. Whether you live in a magnificent palace or you live in a cute little apartment, there are things in your reality that you love and that you're grateful for. Be present in this moment. Even when you're in grief, notice that that moment makes you feel so alive. I've sat with loved ones taking their last breath and it's tragic and it's also exquisitely beautiful because it rips away all the pretense and you are sitting there with the rawness of your humanity. And there's something beautiful about the aliveness of that. There's beauty in everything. And it's hard to see that when we look at what's going on in our world now. 
but it means we have to treasure every moment. So we call up that friend we haven't talked to in a long time. We reach out to our grandparents and our parents and our friends and our children. We make a deeper connection because life is tenuous. We stop taking things for granted. And that deepens, intensifies the beauty of being present. We stop thinking, I've always got more time. There will always be another day. No. Not necessarily. And that is actually the Buddhist practice of death realization. When a Buddhist monk gets up in the morning, he, he says, I could die today. So what am I doing with this day? It's not morbid. It's actually quite beautiful to say, I'm going to live today with purpose, with focus, with presence. I'm not going to lose this day to indifference. And what about the future? What about our fear of the future? Fearing the future means that we don't trust our path. We don't trust the universe to give us what we need. You know, Pema Chodron said to be truly alive, fully awake, fully human, is to be continually thrown out of the nest. We would like a comfortable future. We would like a future that works the way we think it should. How limiting is that? Where's the growth in that? We're being taken into a future that will change us, that will shake us up, that will shake out and bring to the surface all the stuff we came to work on. We didn't choose this time around to come into a simple pastoral life where you get up every morning, you feed the cows, you know, you feed the chickens, you plow the fields, you go to bed at night because that's your life. We chose to come into a world that would shake us to our core because we wanted to do the deep work. Bravo. Again, that takes courage and capacity. And it's in you or you would not be here. Trust that. Trust your path. Trust yourself. And that doesn't mean you're not going to have moments where you're just scrambling and wondering, how do I survive this? But that's when you let what appears to be chaos take you down the river somewhere new. You know, there's a saying, what comes, comes, what goes, goes. Look for what remains. Look for what is always there in you no matter what is happening externally, what is inside of you that came into this life whole and aware and connected to the universe, and what is there no matter what, what is unflappable, if you listen quietly enough, if you ask the questions and are willing to sit in that limbic space and allow the answers to arise, they'll come. So my friends, I would love to give you more opportunities to um, bring any questions to mind that you might have. Um, so do feel free to write in the comments and let's make this interactive. And as I'm waiting for comments, I just want to also offer to you the opportunity to really drop into your intuition. 
Intuition speaks to us through the body, through the emotions. So when you have a powerful emotion, instead of saying, how do I get rid of this feeling? How do I stop this? Think of it as a part of you trying to come to consciousness, trying to get your attention. So one of the things that I often suggest people do, because as soon as we have a powerful feeling, the first thing that usually happens is we go up into our head and we try to figure out why am I feeling this? And that's again where we tend to go into the past or the future. What did I do that I'm feeling this feeling of dread? You know, how am I going to get punished? How are things going to come? How's the hammer going to come down? Or what do I need to worry about for the future? So when we're doing that, again, we're not present. So close your eyes when that happens, scan your body. Where in my body do I feel the physical sensation of this emotion? Now, I developed this technique after doing a Vipassana retreat where you go and meditate for 10 days, 10 hours a day in silence. Can you imagine me silent for 10 days? Yeah, it was interesting. And so when you are in that state, I remember at one point I sat motionless for over two hours because I wanted to see what lay beyond pain and fear. Sitting that long, my knees were hurting and there was the fear, am I hurting myself by sitting this long? So what I did is I started to scan internally where in my body is the location of the fear. And I actually felt it, this sort of, mushy, wobbly kind of sensation right under my rib cage. So I started to focus in on that sensation and breathe into it. And the most interesting thing happened. The pain in my knees would completely disappear. Remember, your body is an energy field that takes the shape of your consciousness. So when I shifted my attention to the root cause, the fear, everything in my body settled right down. So what we focus on, we get more of. Had I focused more on my knees hurting, my knees would have hurt more, and the fear would have gotten larger, and the fear would have overtaken. And we've all been there where the fear gets bigger and bigger and bigger because it's our primary focus. But when you shift out of what the mind is thinking about the fear, which um, just tends to add um, pain to our pain, then instead what starts to happen is you're observing your fear. And that is ultimately what the universe is trying to give us. It's giving us external stimuli so that we will move from reaction, 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 which is all the externalization to, oh, what is this bringing up internally? What is coming up for me that's being stimulated externally, but was already there to begin with? I remember a number of years ago when Ram Das was still alive and I got to have a 20 minute conversation with him on Skype. I had waited a year on a waiting list to talk to him. He was my first teacher when I was 13 years old and I first started reading um, about meditation. His books were the first that I read and getting to talk to him and tell him how much he meant to me, meant the world to me. And he gave me a mantra. I am loving awareness. I am loving awareness. In that statement, there is no fear. There's no fear about the body and what will happen to it. 
bodies come, bodies go, consciousness remains. There's, there's no fear about how we will be seen by others because we are just loving awareness. We're just energy fields. The body's just the slowest moving part of the field. The more we can let go, the more we can surrender to what the universe is putting in front of us, the more we can allow it to change us, the more we grow as that loving awareness. That is such an expansive statement. That just opens everything. It lets go of all the ego-based fear because it's only the ego that is afraid. And the ego is something that was constructed by your mind to fit in with the projections placed on you by parents, teachers, society, all the people that you met in your formative years. It actually has very little to do with who you really are. So when you're in fear, get into your curiosity. What is this part of me that's coming up right now so I can love it, accept it, support it, so it can come to consciousness? And whenever you say to yourself, this is the way things are, or this is the way I am, be willing to question that. Be willing to say, is that so? Or is that just how I've come to see things? Is that just what I've been conditioned to believe? Is there another way of looking at this? So welcome your fear. Because if you're in a state of fear, it means you're pushing against something. You're doing the work. Growth is never done inside our comfort zone. So when fear arises, congratulate yourself that you are pushing the envelope, that you're, giving, you're being given the opportunity to look at something about yourself you may not have known was there. That's a good thing. Sit with it, breathe into it, embrace it, love it. Accept that something in you is awakening. Don't push it away. Don't try to get rid of it. Let it up. Let it look out of your eyes. Let it see the world you're creating now. Because we as a world community are transitioning from fear to love, from competition to community. And we're doing it by looking at what inside of us still hasn't woken up. We're not meant to go willy-nilly running into the future, trying to create from our limited consciousness and ignore all the stuff inside of us that's trying to wake up. We're here to wake up. So when your fear arises, when external situations push your buttons, sit and ask internally, what's coming up for me? What is this about? What is it in me that wants to be part of this journey to awakening? And don't worry, you don't have to do it all in this lifetime. You have millennia to do this work. You know, we often, um, oh, you're welcome, Gloria. <laughs> Thanks for jumping in. Um, a lot of times we get this North American idea, I'm going to go to this workshop, I'm going to go to this counselor, and then I'm going to be fine. And if I'm not fine, I'm going to beat myself up for it. You've got many lifetimes to do this work. I was born with past life recall. I remember half a dozen lives where I was working on the patterns I'm working on now. The patterns are getting more subtle as I do the work, but the work continues. So again, when you think, oh my God, I have so much work to do. How am I ever going to get there? You're putting yourself into a future you're afraid of. No, instead just say, what is coming up right now? 
what is in front of me right now? Because the only time you're really effective is when you're present. So what is this right now that's in front of me that I get to work on? And just work on that. The next piece will show up as you do the work. And then the next, and then the next. As Thich Nhat Hanh said in his poem, please call me by my true names. Do not say I will be gone tomorrow, for even today I still arrive. You are in a constant state of becoming. And just allow for that and let the river take you where it will. Thank you. Hey, Benita. Hi, darling. How are you? <laughs> good. You got me thinking. Yay! <laughs> That's such good tips and reminders to just stop when you're feeling something going, why am I feeling like this? I've been trying to do that. You've, you've mentioned that before and I love it. So it's like, why am I feeling pissed off right now? It's like, there's nothing, nothing's really that bad. So I don't really just stop and think. Especially if you notice that your feeling is out of proportion with the current situation. It might be something little and you have all this anger come up. That is usually something from your past that's hitchhiking on the current situation. And that's even more a sign that, okay, I should really sit with this because it, rather than beat yourself up and say, I shouldn't have had such a big reaction, instead go, why such a big reaction? What is this really about? Yeah, I try to be curious. So do I do the same thing when I get these just feelings of love? Like I'll just like, oh, just get this overwhelmness of love and happiness and joy. That's when you, I think you're really tuned in to what the universe is made of. You know, in the Tibetan Book of the Dead, um, there's this idea that when you die, you encounter this incredible white light that is pure love. And because most of us don't believe we deserve that love, we actually shy away from that light and we move towards these dimmer lights, which are a couple making love and producing a child. And so we're reborn. So if we want to oh, get out of the cycle. I've never heard that before. Yeah. yeah. So if we want to get out of the cycle of death, rebirth, then think of this life as a study in learning to let in so much love that when you die and you encounter that light, you're ready to go to it. In fact, um, there's a practice. It's called POA, P-H-O-W-A. And Tibetans practice this. Everybody does. They don't understand why in North America, we don't have a spiritual practice for preparing ourselves to die consciously. In fact, what we do is we just try to pretend we're not going to die. And so in the practice, you imagine leaving your body and encountering whatever is divinity to you, whether it's God, Jesus, a white light, Buddha, what have you, and going to that energy and being loved and embraced by it. And if you practice it and you practice it, then when you die, you've already prepared yourself to go to that energy. But what happens with poet practice is if you're practicing it and fear and anger comes up, that's just showing you the stuff you have to work through to open that channel. It's the stuff that has to be loved first before you can truly go there. Nice, nice. My my cat, you can kind of see popping up in the background. Because <laughs> he's purring, he's purring, so he just kind of shows up. I'm like, what's in this little thing? It's like, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a happy boy just watching me and stuff. Oh, <laughs> watching you, I guess. He was watching you, Steve. <laughs> you're, you're awesome. You're amazing. Thank you for sharing and helping people. And I will be moving all these videos into YouTubes and sharing them so people can access them anytime. 
And of course, I'll, I'll put Benita's website on it so you can get a hold of her at any time. But thank you. Oh, thank you. What a great you. way to finish the day. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. And thank you for doing this. I just think what you're doing is so absolutely vital for us today. We all need this medicine. And so thanks to everybody who participated and thanks for having me. Love you. Well, I was, I, I, me too. I was writing on there. I feel like I went to a mental, physical, spiritual spa for the day. Awesome. I do. I, do. I felt like I had a spa treatment all day long with all these amazing things. I just felt like so uplifted and stuff. So yeah. I, yes. Thank you. Thank you. And I look forward to seeing you again soon. For sure, sweetie. Love you. Love, Love you all. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks, Benita.